0: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. It, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Let's do it on a Wednesday, October 18th. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM coming over the next three hours. It is time to check in on Major League Baseball starting with last night's game two of the NLCS between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks at 620. We're going to shift gears a little bit play read and react find out about how we feel. About week seven in the NFL, that is followed by college football at six forty with the latest odds to win both the national title and the Heisman Trophy, and one college coach who now has a broken foot because he was frustrated after last week's loss. We'll get into that as well during the seven o'clock hour. Time to find out how we should play Game Three of the ALCS with Max Scherzer making his. Playoff debut for the Rangers as they host the Astros. You know it's a Women of Wager team at Wednesday, so we will bring in a couple of our favorite guests as well. Lucy Virg at seven twenty, and Kate Constable at eight twenty, and with us every day on the show, of course, is my partner in crime, Chelsea Messenger. Chelsea, it is your least favorite day of the week. How you doing?
1: yeah Wednesday's here again isn't it uh but at least we have well. some postseason baseball tonight so that's mm. the original hatred of Wednesday was because there was nothing to watch on TV but now when does Maxion start like we have to be having some action soon too right
0: yeah it's got to be soon I don't know exactly when the schedule is I was looking tonight we are having Maxion. we get Maxion tonight oh okay well that's a nice little surprise as well so in the middle of the baseball game, I know you're gonna watch Maxion instead of playoff baseball, but at least during maybe a commercial break you switch over, find out how that's going.
1: Right. So that was the initial hatred of Wednesdays, is because there was nothing to watch. But now that we have two options to watch on a Wednesdays, maybe Wednesdays aren't so bad after all.
0: Uh, maybe not. I tell you something. I had to go to the doctor today. I did something in my chest. I don't know what it is. I was having a heart attack the other night. That's the first time in my life I thought I was dying for like a second. I swear to God, I woke up and I was like, Am I am I having a heart attack? Do I need to go to the hospital? It was terrifying. I'm okay now, obviously, because I'm doing this show. But man, the, the last thing I thought was, I don't want to miss tonight's Maxion. There's a good game on the schedule. I can't do that.
1: <laughs> Wait, so your chest was hurting? Shouldn't you get that? Oh my out? God. Like, I'm not a doctor, oh, but yeah. it feels like something you should look into.
0: Yes, I'm definitely going today. I'm definitely going to get it checked out. So I'm okay. But also, you know how it is when you have some sort of, I I think chest pain is the worst too, because like something is off, but then your anxiety can build it up and it became or becomes even worse. And then your anxiety heightens up and then it becomes like this vicious cycle where the next thing you know, you're freaking out. You're like, all right, just take a deep breath here. Maybe it's not that at all. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because your mind can play a huge role in that too.
1: I don't think I've had that big of a health issue to where like anxiety has, build, uh, has built because of that though. uh, Sounds like you need like a vacation too.
2: Yeah. Like, are you really I'm that anxious you.
1: about it? Because like it does feel like a big deal. Like when you have chest pain. Oh yeah. I, I can't relate because I've never had that.
0: Well, I'm very naturally anxious anyway. It's like when I had COVID, this is about a year and a half ago. And one of the things that COVID, can present is shortness of breath right so i remember walking from my kitchen to my couch and being like oh my god i'm totally my kitchen to my couch is like 10 steps if that like one two three four five six seven i'm sitting down and i was totally out of breath and i'm not in some sort of master iron man shape but i know that i shouldn't be out of breath after a few steps so i remember sitting down and being like all right and then my anxiety started to ramp up. Like, why can't I breathe? And so I had to sit there and do some deep breathing. But it was totally COVID-related. So that's what I mean. Where, yeah, you could have an ailment, but also if you're a high anxiety person like me, that can sort of play into that as well.
1: Well, I'm trying to find a silver lining for you. That's at fine. Your Just bet I'm was here. a no sweat winner like last <laughs> night. The <laughs> Phillies team total when yeah. I looked at it was five nothing, and I was holding my breath this morning. I was like, all right, please God do not let the Phillies blow the run line here. And then I woke up and it was 10, nothing. So I was like, Hmm, what a nice little winner.
0: Oh, well, Chelsea, you baseball bets have been unbelievable. Got a little plus money on the Phillies run line, had that team total. I had a team total over as well. I also had Liberty minus 14 hosting middle Tennessee state, whatever, Liberty wins, but only by 7, 42-35, even though I love that bet. So, one-on-one night for me. As for the Doxter, it's been a nice couple weeks, I think, for everybody on this show, particularly you. Coyotes, Isles under 6. Isles win 2-1, to a no sweat winner as well. So, for the week, Chelsea, you're 3-0-1, I'm 2-1-1, and and the Doxter is 2-1. It is a daily tip from Beck UL, presented by BetMGM. Everyone's healthy, ready to go on this Wednesday morning, and let's talk about what we saw last night in Philadelphia. Man, oh, man. Do the Phillies look unbelievable or what? They crushed the Diamondbacks 10-0. Phillies minus 175 on the money line. Total set at seven and a hook. The overhits and Kyle Schwarber coming alive again. Schwarber, and he sends that one to right. Hit deep. Carroll turns, and it's gone.
2: A line drive home run. Kyle
0: Schwarber is second in his many games. Schwarber, a high drive in the right center. He's watching. It's flying. Goodbye.
3: Schwarber strikes again.
0: What a call via TBS. Schwarber two home runs last night. Trey Turner had one as well as the Phillies line up Merrill Kelly for three long balls overall. JT Realmuto goes two for four with three RBI. And Chelsea once again this is kind of what Kyle Schwarber does we saw this last year as well he now has 18 home runs in his playoff career that ties him with Reggie Jackson and Mickey Mantle only six players ahead of him man he has just been leading the charge everyone in that Phillies lineup has been hitting and he's been the guy just knocking balls out of the park at an incredible rate
1: yeah and I think a lot of people probably saw it coming including the books I was looking at his home run prop. It was like plus 260. The odds on his home run prop were so low. And I feel like this is the case for home run props. I feel like the long, the odds should always be longer. And here's the thing. I think if they hit two home runs, you should get Mm -hmm. it twice. Like there is no reward Ah. for two home runs when you just bet on one. So at plus 260 or plus 280, it felt like it wasn't even a steal, but like the books know that Kyle Schwarber comes alive in the postseason especially with the long ball it feels like the Phillies hit home runs every single night too I don't know if this was the case in the regular season I'm pretty sure it wasn't but half of these hits I feel like were home runs every single time I think that Merrill Kelly gave up a hit it was a home run so the long ball has truly been the thing for the Phillies and just in general when you score 10 Mm -hmm. runs it's really tough for, you know, the other team to keep pace. So we'll see if the Phillies can keep chugging once they go away from Citizens Bank Park because I think both of us knew you do not fade the Phillies at home. And that was a big statement last night and a ten to nothing win.
0: Yeah, I'll give full credit to Philly fans because that environment has been unbelievable. And it was Meryl Kelly who said before the game and He wasn't trying to insult Philly fans, but of course, they took it this way, where he was talking about the World Baseball Classic in Miami, and he said, I don't know if I'll hear a louder crowd than what we heard at the WBC. Oh, well, Philly fans heard that and said, oh yeah? Is that right? Is that right? Well, okay, listen to this. So, they booed him mercilessly every time he was on the field, every time he was walking to the mound, and they went nuts, so... You took an already rabid crowd and added just a little fuel to the fire, which I didn't take it as a slight to Philly. But, of course, they were trying to prove him wrong. And it just made that environment even more raucous than it's already been. That place is as difficult to play as any in baseball. And I don't really think it's close.
1: Oh, for sure. Even though I don't think that was even the the trump card here. It's just the Phillies' back. Uh, so I don't think Merrill Kelly was really flustered. Because he had pretty much a quality start almost lined up here. Uh, I believe he went six innings and only three runs, which in my book is a pretty damn good start, you know, going against this Phillies offense. It was, okay, five and two-thirds gave up four earned runs. I guess one of those runs, uh, one of those runners that were on base got cashed in, that is counted to him. But it was mostly the bullpen giving up a ton of runs. Uh, The next two relievers came in and gave up the next six runs. So that's when the Mm -hmm. game really got out of hand. And all of a sudden, the Dimebacks bats have just gone cold. And again, yeah. I'm I'm not saying the series is over, but it does feel like the momentum that the Dimebacks were thriving on uh, when they had not lost a single postseason game entering the series. It kind of feels like that momentum has died a little bit, like as opposed to a team like the Astros, where it feels like the momentum didn't really matter because the talent mm-hmm. has always been there. And I'm not saying that the Dimebacks aren't a talented bunch. It just feels like the underdog magic of the Diamondbacks is kind of dwindling.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel that way as well. And who knows, maybe they can jumpstart it during game three. That's tomorrow in the desert at 5.07. But a couple things here. We keep focusing on the Phillies bats, and, and, and we should, because everyone is sitting, even Bryce Harper didn't go deep and went one for four. And you have, again, Real Muto going two for four, three RBI. But that defense that they're playing is just lights out. Also, the Diamondbacks let a fly ball just drop in the infield last year or last night like they were playing in Little League Baseball. But that play by Alec Baum at third base in the second inning, just, I mean, that is world-class stuff where the ball was behind him by the time he catches it, and then off of his knees throws a one-hop perfect throw to first base. I mean, even their defense has been lights out.
1: Yeah, it was a top-to-bottom complete team effort here. Because the pitching staff only gave up four hits total. Like, that is a very solid performance against a Dimebacks lineup that put the beat down on the Dodgers staff. So, uh, again, I don't know if this is it for the Dimebacks, but it sure feels like it.
0: Yeah, it certainly does. When you look at the World Series odds, Chelsea, right now, the Philadelphia Phillies, as you might expect, are the favorites at plus 110. Rangers are plus 115. Astros are plus 750. d sitting way back at 13-1 to at MGM. I don't know. Do any of those prices tempt you at all? Is there any value there? I feel like maybe if you believe in the Astros and certainly they can crawl back in this series tonight on the road in Arlington, maybe the Astros at plus 750 are worth your money. Outside of that, though, I I really don't see a whole lot of value. Do you?
1: No, not at plus 110 and plus 115. For a seven-game series... I think you can just take, you know, whoever on the money line in each individual game. Like maybe they're favored, but still looking at the World Series odds, it looks like the books are going to put them just about even. I would imagine the Phillies are going to be favorites at home, no matter who they're playing, uh, assuming that they get past the Dimebacks, of course. But you're right. I feel like the only value play is still the Astros. Uh, Despite being down two games to nothing, they still have some really good starters in their rotation and they have a lineup that it's not been quiet it's just they've lost some really close games to the Rangers so I am far from counting out the Astros and at that price at plus 750 I think that's when you just put a little sprinkle on the Astros and just hope that they make it to the World Series because what you're hoping for is also a hedging opportunity they don't have to win the World Series at that price they just got to make it there and then you can have some guaranteed money playing both sides
0: Oh, so who was your ticket on? I'm not trying to bring back bad memories here, but who did you have a futures ticket on? I is 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 it one of the teams left, or have they been eliminated? I feel like your team got eliminated. I forget who it was.
1: Yeah, the Orioles.
0: Oh, what do you okay, mean, my
1: right. regulars? Uh, before the season, like before, yes, before season, the I didn't season, I the. Oh, I picked the Braves. They're not alive. Okay. I don't okay. think I actually I put curious. money on them though. Like it was too short of odds. Because like we talk about a lot of futures on the show, but like mm-hmm. I don't put you know. 78 bets because think about all the futures talk we do during the season like i'm not betting on every single thing so like yeah. i had some futures bets but they were mostly divisional bets i don't think i had any world series bets
0: okay very good no i had a sprinkle on the orioles as well that i took i don't know about mid-season but nothing crazy like that if we're talking about world series bets now there's not a lot of value there like you're talking about but i will say and it's easy to get caught up in in recency bias and what we've seen but the Phillies sure look good and it is a plus money I mean it's plus what 110 110? there's not a ton of value there but so but if you're betting on a team at least you're not talking about minus money which I think at one time early on the Rangers were minus money because they were they were winning and the one thing we do know about these odds if you're thinking about making a futures bet is that they will vary wildly from game to game so if you don't like where they sit now you anticipate something happening then wait until the next game in each respective series and the prices will change and just maybe you can get a better price with more value that you like for example let's say you like the phillies but you think the diamondbacks could take one in the desert well then all of a sudden maybe you'll get more value on philly is what i'm saying
1: right even though i don't think that's the side of the card to kind of look at because it does feel like series is kind (laughs) of over i think the side of the card to look at is definitely the rangers and the astros that series is two games to nothing but still that one feels a little less one-sided than the other one
0: totally and one thing to keep in mind if you do like that side because you're right that's the better side of the two the astros were much better on the road than at home this season so if you're maybe thinking you should get back in it tonight they certainly have to do it we will talk about it coming up later on in the show coming up next year, we will get into the nfl week seven what we liked, what we didn't we're going to debate on read and react to the daily tip for betql
3: presented by betmgm chelsea and jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by betmgm <laughs> on the betql network Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. MGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL QL Network.
0: Welcome back to the show. That's what I was waiting for. I thought that might not be the end there. I might have timed that the wrong way. Thank you, Double T. Welcome back to the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Good morning to you. Coming up in just moments, after seven weeks, are the Dolphins, the Chiefs, or the Eagles the best team in football? Time to debate when we play Read and React. Chelsea, yesterday we were talking about the woman, the Chargers fan, who went viral on Sunday Night Football because she was losing her mind watching her Chargers play against the cowboys and we talked about it on this show do we buy it do we not and then there were conspiracy theories out there I'm like hey it looks like this woman is just a plant because there was a picture of her at another game dressed in a vikings jersey she had skull written on her face purple paint looks like she was wearing an adam Thielen jersey and then someone And so then it was the narrative was, Oh my God. Oh my God. Look, she's a plant. She's a plant. She goes to every game dressed as a fan of some team. And then someone came out and said, look, here's the thing. Her son plays football. She's a mom of four and he plays football for a team called the Vikings. So she gets dressed up and goes crazy. She's just a massive football fan and was interviewed on multiple outlets yesterday. So I think this is just a mom who loves football, but are you still buying into this idea that just maybe it's all one big ruse?
1: Why would you have skull written across her face then? Because that is a very uh-huh. specific Vikings thing, you know, cause it's one thing for teams to share names. And I get that. Like there are a ton of youth teams that just oh, yeah. completely rip off the logo of whatever sports team they want, but isn't skull like very specific. I don't know a yes. ton about like what it means or like, you know, uh, some of the nuances of being a Vikings fan, but that doesn't seem like something that like the team itself would, uh, that you would rip off for your youth team. Right.
0: Uh, yes and no. Well, apparently she is from Minnesota. So if your name, the Vikings Vikings is, I forget the history of it, but it's a Viking specific chant, not necessarily to Minnesota Vikings, but just Vikings in general, which I think is correct. So I believe her. I I hate to be the guy that leans into these conspiracy theories and never wants to enjoy anything ever. But even now, even with this proof that it looks like, yes, she's just a football mom. She's a crazy football mom. She's a football mom. There are people out there who still do not buy it. But regardless of how you feel, once again, this is great for the NFL because this is even something that happened on the field.
1: Well, at least it's not us talking about Taylor Swift for the love of God. I well, think the funniest that thing right. that happened over the last week was when they showed Lance Bass and like the, the suite or whatever, he held up that uh-huh. sign that said not Taylor Swift. That had to be the moment of the week for a fan and not this <laughs> Chargers lady that everybody keeps talking about. Listen, I clicked on this like drama that is unfolding that we're talking about right now for like a second. And then I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I just like, don't really care that much. Like, does this move the needle? Like, even if she is an actor, who cares? If she's not an actor, who cares? I just, I don't know why this doesn't register with me, but it just, it's not one of those things that I immediately stopped what I was doing and did a deep dive on. Not something I'm like super invested in.
0: I'm not, now I would, I will say I didn't do a deep dive. The only reason I saw this is because, well, I saw it because it was everywhere, but then I had a friend of mine send me a post saying, Hey, I saw your post on Instagram. I don't know if this lady's real. And then I looked it up and then I saw, Oh, okay, well, it looks like he's a Vikings fan. So I kind of wanted to know the truth, but I'm, I'm not invested in it. I would prefer, however, not saying this is what happened, but I would prefer there not be plants at football games just because the NFL of all the sports of all the leagues on the planet does not need any extra promotion ever. I mean, ever
1: no but the chargers do like the chargers huh. fans did you see here's one that i should have clicked on did you see the one where it was like the robots or supposed robots roaming around the field at the chargers game did you see no. that they were like robots but they were like kind of dressed as humans i'm pretty sure they were actually humans just dressed as robots But they said something to the effect of, like, here are the AI robots roaming around the field at the Chargers. And of course, the easy joke was the Chargers had to get fake people to be fans for them because nobody else will be.
0: That's pretty much, you know what? I don't doubt it. So the poor Chargers, they should be in San Diego, not in LA. I just wait for the mistake. Every time I see Chargers, I have to ram it into my head. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, not San Diego, but you're right. The chargers need fans. And you know what? We need to play NFL read and react. So let's bring in our executive producer, Bill Roland to help us make some choices here. Good morning, Bill.
2: Morning guys. Yeah. I'm not convinced uh, either way on this. I'm with you, Chelsea. Who cares? It's a fan reacting to stuff going on the field. Everybody's making right? a big deal out like, of I nonsense just, these I days. I don't
1: care. <laughs>
2: like... <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I don't need it. Here's what I do care about. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? Last two unbeatens get knocked off in week six. So pop those corks if you're the 72 Dolphins. There are now five teams at 5-1 and one on the season. Dolphins, the highest scoring team in the NFL. The 49ers have the best point differential at plus 97 through six games. The Lions, as we know, beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead earlier in the year. Philadelphia's 4-0 in conference play. There's an argument to be made for all of these teams. We'll get a little bit of clarity as Philly and Miami play this week. But Jinx, right now, who's the best team in football?
0: It is the San Francisco 49ers. Also, can I just say, and and it, I, far be it for me, an old guy, to sort of knock a bunch of old guys around, but I'm so over the 72 Dolphins. Like, I get it. You went undefeated. It was You talk about different era. It was such a different era. It, they played more games through the Super Bowl. They went 17-0. Now we have a 17-week regular season. So let's not, or 18 weeks, but you can, you know, 17 games in the regular season. So I understand they're celebrating that perfect run. Great job, Dolphins. It was awesome. Oh my God, that was ages ago. That was a year before I was born and I'm old. It's the Niners just because of their defense. Now the Niners were never going to go undefeated during the regular season, but also when you look at how they lost, yes, they lost to a backup quarterback in the Browns but also that's a tough that's a tough spot to be in you come off a huge game where you beat down the Cowboys and then you go and you take on one of the best defenses in all of football and you're banged up but when they are healthy the Niners are as good as anyone and and I think I could maybe maybe make a case for the Dolphins but ultimately I'm more of a believer in defense traveling, and we saw that with the Dolphins when they had to go to Buffalo after dropping that 70 spot on the Broncos, and then they get beat up by the Bills. I believe in defense first, and that is what makes San Francisco so good. Let's go 49ers.
1: Yeah, it has to be the 49ers. I think this is just a very tough game against the best defense in the league and also a defensive coordinator. That's really had Kyle Shanahan's number. Uh, I believe Kyle Shanahan now one and nine straight up against uh, Jim Schwartz. That defense is very well, very good schematically and also has some incredible pieces, including miles Garrett on the defensive. end. so it's still the Niners for me. And plus you've got to look at the injuries in that game. Like every single big name I think was on the injury report. Uh, or just injured during the the middle of that game. Christian McCaffrey left, Debo Samuel left, uh, left, excuse me. And also, I believe Trent Williams was a little banged up in that game as well. They're still the best team in football top to bottom. It's still the San Francisco 49ers.
2: It is amazing. You look at the NFL and Chelsea talked about the injuries. All five of those teams have injury issues in some level lane johnson hurt there in philadelphia miami of course missing their stud rookie running back detroit's got some problems at the running back position kansas city's probably the only one that's remained relatively healthy and yet patrick mahomes isn't having a patrick mahomes mvp type season it's pretty wild uh, so far in the NFL, as far as that goes. All right, over in the AFC, we just talked about Cleveland, how good they played against San Francisco. But there are a couple of teams, Cleveland being one of them, that off to some prize starts here. The Texans, the Houston Texans are 3-3 three and three after six weeks. CBS Sports giving them a 50% chance to make the playoffs. The Browns, who we just mentioned, beating San Francisco without the Sean Watson, Also, right at 50%, according to CBS Sports, to make the playoffs, although they did play four of their first five at home. But Chelsea, would you put money on either one of these teams to make the playoffs?
1: I think so. I think if the Texans uh, can continue what they're doing, and a lot of this is odds dependent, so I'm not sure what the odds are here for the Texans to reach the playoffs. But so much of their preseason odds were based on the fact that they had a rookie quarterback so many times in the nfl rookies really struggle out of the gate cj stroud's looked really good in fact it feels like he should have been the number one overall pick so what we've seen from cj Str- uh, stroud very early on in the season makes me think that he's just going to get better over time uh, a texans defense that uh, has some great pieces as well and plus you look at the afc south this is a very winnable division right now the texans sit at three and three like you said only a game back from the Jags so it's very much a cluster in the AFC South there is no team that's really ruling the roost the Jags haven't looked super dominant either so it feels like a winnable division I think that is built in to uh, maybe this Texans team going to the postseason because they can still win their division
0: yeah I'd go with you on the Texans I can't believe I'm saying that but man they have been really surprising and first of all I'm not cheering for Cleveland. They're getting everything they deserve with Deshaun Watson in that contract. I think they do not make the playoffs. But if you look at the Texans, and A, they've overperformed thus far. And then B, if you look at the rest of their schedule, they've got a lot of winnable games on there. They're going to Carolina this weekend. They host the Bucs. have to go to Cincinnati. That's going to be tough. They host the Cardinals. And then they welcome the Jags. The Jags are very good. Still think Jags are the class of the division. But they host the Broncos, Jets. Titans who have struggled, Browns again, Colts at the end of the season. Now Gardner is going to be the guy because Anthony Richardson probably won't play again this year. Yeah, I think you can make a real case and probably get decent odds on the Texans. Go Houston.
2: Yeah, we just had it up on the board there. They're plus money to make the playoffs. The Browns are minus money to make the playoffs. The Browns, the one thing that they've been able to do, and everybody's been talking about the Dolphins and how historical their start to the season is with their offense. You look at the defensive numbers for the Browns, they're doing historical things on the defensive side of the ball. And Jinx, as you said, defense travels. So Cleveland could be a real problem for a lot of teams down the stretch, even if their quarterback play isn't up to par and that doesn't get them enough points. They're gonna be a real problem for a lot of teams here in the second half of the season. Or I guess actually last two-thirds of the season since we're at 18 weeks now. So all right, read and react number three, over in the NFC division front runners starting to separate from the rest of the division. You look at the Lions, Eagles, and 49ers, all at five and one. The Cowboys right there at four and two. Then there's a giant log jam of teams at five hundred. One of them is bound to make the playoffs because, of course, seven out of 16 teams in each conference make the playoffs. So, Jinx, as we mentioned, about a third of the season is done. Which Mm -hmm. of these teams sitting at 500 are you going to back come playoff time and think they can get in in the NFC? Washington,
0: the Rams, New Orleans or Atlanta? Thank you for this question, Bill. Thank you so much. Thank you for making me choose between these garbage teams. You know what? I'm going to say the Falcons. I'm going to say the Falcons just because of the weakness of that division. I wanted to believe in the commanders and they could still put it together, but they have been maddeningly inconsistent. And, of course, they play in that buzzsaw of a division with the Cowboys and the Eagles at the top. I think when you look at the NFC South, you just have to say, look, someone's got to win that thing the Bucs are three and two, the Falcons again at 500, the Saints are three and three, the Panthers are awful stuff at one a game, so if you're looking at an Atlanta team, if Desmond Ritter, which is a big if, if he can keep from turning over the football and hold on to it, and maybe he can be a guy that just sort of drives the car a little bit, the Falcons have enough talent to win that division, that's about it, not a lot of, whole more than that but i would say based on the division strength or lack thereof you got to go with the falcons
1: yeah somebody has to go from the nfc south remember the year where i think it was the bucks that had a losing record but they still made it to the postseason because the nfc south is so god awful uh but the other Mm -hmm. team i think i would look at is the la rams because the year that they were bad was the year that matt stafford was hurt You look at head coach and quarterback combo, Sean McVay and Matt Safford are still a very good combo. Yes, Matt Safford's a veteran, but he also has Cooper Cup, one of the best receivers in the league. I'll go Rams.
2: Yeah, I like that. I think the Rams are a good choice. And with Cooper Cup back now, they kind of survived without having him at three and three. I think they're a pretty good spot to get a wild
0: card this year. Hmm. All right. That's fair enough. I like that. Yeah, there's nothing worse to me than, than choosing between, Hey, which of these bad, which is a great question because one of these teams probably will make the postseason, but it's always such a fun exercise. Like, Hey, which of these really bad teams do you think can rise up? You know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't think the Rams are that bad. Like, yeah, the Fal- mm. the NFC South is a dumpster fire, but I don't think the Rams are that
0: bad. Mm, I think the Rams are bad. I think they've overperformed, but I don't think they're a good football team. Coming up next here on the show, Huskies quarterback Michael Phoenix Jr. is the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, but that does not mean the race is over. That's coming up next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. After the break.
3: Chelsea and Janks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> On the BetQL network.
0: Welcome back to the show. It's the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. And if I know Double D and I know this music, Bet, it's time to build it up and to rock! Maybe he's not shredding, but for an instrumental, you know what I'm talking about. I went to a concert, what was it? That was a few years ago now. And I just remember, I forget who I was was seeing because I went, I think I went with my ex wife actually, and she wanted to see someone. I was like, all right. And they were pretty good, but I was just waiting. They were a rock band, but I was just waiting. I wanted one moment, Chelsea. I was like, all right. When are these guys finally going to break it down? When is some guy finally going to grab the guitar and just fire off some sort of solo here just one time? And it'd be like, and I'm like, here it comes. I'm like, God, one time, can someone just shred just one song? Can I get one song where someone just like loses their mind for like a minute, minute and a half? You never hear a good guitar solo anymore. This is an old man kind of rant, but also I feel like you as kind of a quiet metalhead, you appreciate this.
1: It's because songs are so short now. Aren't songs like two minutes and 30 seconds? Metallica songs are like nine minutes. Have you ever (laughs) told yourself, okay, I'm on the treadmill. I'm going to run for one song and it's going to be whatever song pops up uh, on my Spotify shuffle. And then Mm -hmm. that song is a Metallica song. And it's nine minutes long. And you're like, dear God, of all the songs, you picked the longest one. But doesn't it feel like songs are not this long anymore?
0: Yes, because A, people's attention spans are shorter than ever. And B, especially when you're talking about songs for the radio, just historically, songs made for the Mm -hmm. radio are always edited and made really, really short because they want to keep it moving, they want to play the hits. I want to just keep them in high rotation and so you take the juice out of doing that the longer a song is so you usually hit around three minutes all right maybe three and a half but when you start getting into four or five minutes that's way too long for radio
1: well now it's TikTok, so like song clips just have to be catchy for like eight seconds have you seen like some of the new artists that like they have like one really catchy beat or one really catchy lyric it goes mm-hmm. viral on TikTok, And like, I haven't heard the rest of their song. I've just heard yeah. eight seconds of it. Our attention span as a society is getting mm-hmm. smaller and smaller and smaller.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. I remember when, you know, having been. Someone who's been in journalism for a long time and it used to be, you would take a story and you would say, okay, I have, and this is for a long story. Even back then it was, all right, we'll give you two and a half minutes to tell the story, two and a half minutes is a long time in a newscast because normally stories are very quick. They would say, okay, this is a feature story. And then sometimes I'd have to argue, this is a three, three and a half minute story. I know it seems crazy, but I need the time to really tell this the right way. And now it's, hey, when you post this to X or Instagram or TikTok, you better capture someone's attention in two or three seconds. That's the That's the time limit that you have to catch someone's eye. And then it better be pretty short because if they get bored, boom, you're swiping and moving on.
1: Well, you literally can't post anything over like two minutes and 20 seconds no, on Twitter. No way. Uh unless you are, I think, verified or like paying for Twitter, which I am not. Uh, so it just, you know, that's the way society is. And here's the thing, I can't complain about it because I'm the same way. If I'm not mm-hmm. hooked on a video within the first five seconds, like it's so easy to scroll. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. like, it's so easy to scroll past something. That like if you're not catching my attention, why would I stay on this video? And also if you're on TikTok, if you stay too long on one video, it thinks mm-hmm. that you like that video. It's like, oh, teenage girls dancing. This is what Chelsea likes. So you're like scroll, scroll, scroll.
0: <laughs> no, I, I'm going to face this challenge because it's been the it's been a long time since I sat down with a a paperback book and read something. I mean really just sat down and sort of delved into something and i had a friend of the lovely catherine who reached out to her and said hey this book i think would be really good for michael just knowing him the way that i do and i hope i'm not overstepping but i feel like this is right in line with who he is and she was right i was like wow this is a very thoughtful idea so i got the book and i'm going to read it but it's very dense it has a lot of information it's probably 300 pages so i'm going to do it But the last time I sat down and really delved into something that's a little academic, but also helpful has been a long time. So that will be a real test for my attention span.
1: What book is it? Can I ask?
0: Yes, it's called, I believe it's called The Body Never Forgets, which is Hmm. essentially, a or something to that, in that vein. (laughs) I
1: think you're sick all the time. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's
0: just that her thought was, I've never been in the best health and I sort of aspire or I, you know, I, I do believe in this sort of idea is that when you, and I don't want to go into my history, but when you've experienced or gone through a lot in your particular life, your body can react because your body can only handle so much trauma or so many setbacks or so much before it starts to sort of, it starts to react because the mind and body are very connected. And so knowing Jen the way that I do and having had conversations with her, she's like, I think this would help you knowing things you've experienced. So I don't want to go down that road and bore people with that. But yeah, so I'm going to be interested to see if it helps. It's very interesting to me. We'll see how it works out. And then I'll come back on the show and I'll give you a book report.
1: I just hope it doesn't say something to the effect of like, it's your mind's fault that you're struggling with like, Oh no, no no, medical problems. Cause like, it's not (laughs) your fault. Like some people are just dealt a bad hand. Like there's nothing you can do about it. This is like that person that told me uh, when my mom had stage four cancer, that if she just had drank uh, an acidic juice diet that or like, maybe it was (laughs) not acidic. It was something to do with her pH balance. They're like, well, if your body's in perfect pH balance, you can't get cancer. And I was like, all right, it's time for you to leave. Uh, So I hope it's not something like frou-frou like that. Cause you know, some things you can't help.
0: Oh, for sure. No, this is very – I mean, again, there's a lot of detail to it, a lot of nuance, and it's something that I've sort of bought into and studied myself a long time ago. I've talked to different doctors about, but it's more about interconnectivity as opposed to, oh, it's just – you are – it's your own fault for this happening because you're – my it's not that. It's like, hey, these two things are – which the mind and body are. I don't think that's sort of some sort Mm -hmm. of grand, grandiose, bizarro statement to make. So they are. So this is more of exploring that aspect and how it might affect you. Chelsea, speaking of the mind and the body, Shane Beamer was not of sound mind after his Gamecocks, lost to the Gators over the weekend, blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, lost that game 41-39. So you know what he did after the loss? He said, I'm so frustrated right now. I think I'll break my foot. He wasn't trying to. But he kicked something, an inanimate object, they wouldn't say what it was, after the game broke his foot. So his frustration manifested itself in a physical action. So now he has to deal with this. He says he doesn't think he's going to need surgery, but he says this, quote, I was frustrated and kicked something that I shouldn't have, and I thought I was okay. The adrenaline of the game wore off, and now it hurts like you know what. Well, there you go shane beamer frustrated head coach now going to be in a walking boot
1: well i think he had the most football guy answer of all time when he specified that he wasn't going to be taking any pain medications for this because he doesn't want his mind to be clouded at all by any kind of foreign substance so i think he is taking the blame for this and i think that's all you can do like you know if you do something stupid the the most you can do is take accountability for it It is not like he is somebody who is on the field because we see this with professional athletes sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's different in that case because their body is their vessel and their body is what they are using for their sport. We have seen so many college football coaches coaching even in the worst health that I can guarantee you that Shane Beamer is going to be out there uh, coaching despite whatever injury he's going to be sustaining. Don't you remember that moment when Hugh Freeze was coaching from a hospital bed and like... Uh, the sweet up top. So Ah. this goes in line with like the football guy stance. I don't think this is going to hinder his coaching or his ability to be on the field.
0: I agree with you 100%. He'll be out there. Carolina's visiting number 20 Missouri this weekend. Missouri laying seven points. South Carolina on the money line is plus two twenty. If you are interested in that foot coming up and kicking the crap out of the Tigers in Columbia and pulling off an upset, Chelsea, let's talk about the Heisman Trophy odds right now at, at MGM. And right now, as you might imagine, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback for Washington, is your favorite at minus one forty-five. You got Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, Gross, JJ McCarthy also <laughs> at ten to one, and then Jordan Travis thirteen to one, Jaden Daniels thirteen to one, Drake May fourteen to one. Would you put some minus money on Michael Penix Jr. at minus 145? Do you think he has this thing sewn up?
1: I do think he wins it, but I don't think I would play this. It's just a straight no Mm. play for me uh yeah. just because some of this is hinging on washington's uh, success throughout the season as well this is not just how michael Penix jr does it's also how washington fares as a team you would think that they go the rest of the pac-12 schedule and you know stack up some wins here uh but you've got to remember the heisman is also dependent on that as well uh because look at Nix; look at how he went from six to one to 30 to one just because his team lost to washington and it wasn't really his fault it's not like he had a bad game it's not like he's had a bad season yeah. it's just that is showing how much this depends on your team's success so i do believe it's going to be michael Penix jr it's not just the fact that he's putting up good numbers uh and it's not just the fact that washington just had the biggest win of their season over oregon in a top 10 matchup it's some of the highlight yeah. real worthy plays that he's putting on film So I think if anybody's watching these games, you know that Michael Penix Jr. is the Heisman. Some of these throws, tight window, they look like an NFL quarterback throwing passes out there. So it's got to be Michael Penix Jr. for me, but not a bet that I will be making.
0: I love Michael Penix Jr. I think he wins this thing. I hope he wins this thing. No one throws a better deep ball in college football than Michael Penix Jr. It's beautiful to watch, but I will say this. I will make a quick case A very quick case for Jordan Travis of Florida State, and only because of schedule. The only ranked team that Florida State has remaining is Duke this weekend, number 16 Duke. Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies still have to go to number 18 USC. They still host number 14 Utah, and they still visit number 12 Oregon State. So certainly if he makes it through that gauntlet, he will win the Heisman Trophy But Washington has a much greater chance of being upset than does Florida State. So just something to keep an eye on. Jordan Travis, currently 13-1 at BetMGM. Coming up next year on the show, Mad Max makes his first playoff appearance this season with the Rangers looking to take a commanding lead in the ALCS baseball. Next on the Daily Tip for Beck UL presented by BetMGM.